podcast, Johnson. Listen here, see? It's time for... Guns! Games! Cigarettes! So, I'm not wrong, we're doing Touch of Evil, right? Yes, it's, we are. <laughs> you, you chose it. Which version did you guys watch, by the way? There's like three There's different three. versions. I watched... Uh, um... Did you watch one on my Plex? I watched the one on your Plex, yes. Which the one was... on my Plex is, I'm looking it up actually to make sure I got it the right time on it. One hour and 48 minutes. Mine was one hour and 35, so I don't think I missed much if in different probably cuts. So. Not, probably not a lot. Some of it was di- dialogue changes and like, um, like overdubs. Okay, okay. Uh, um, and then there was a, there's a, a driving scene um, okay. that gets truncated quite a bit. Also, uh, Charlton Heston does full frontal nudity in one scene as well, so <laughs> he missed out. He does. And he shoots an extra and just gets away with it because he's the NRA. <laughs> la, 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 la. Okay. All right. Uh, hello. Welcome to Guns, Dames, Cigarettes. Uh, I am Scott. I am with uh, my regular co-host, Bill, and our special guest, Edwin. Hey, what's up, guys? Edwin, where are you from? What's your deal? Tell us your deal. I mean, you just kind of showed up on the Skype. I mean, you're welcome. But... <laughs> uh, I, I'm from Ashland, Kentucky. Um, I do a horror magazine, horror comic magazine called Gravely Unusual. But um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of noir and crime. And um, I think it's an, a staple for American cinema. And it's like, you know, it's cool that you guys are doing this because, I mean, it's such a such a serious genre that kind of changed this the landscape of like cinema for sure you know what i mean and you got us assholes doing the serious <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about serious movies in an unserious way you know yeah having uh, fun with it. both both i mean i think we both we appreciate we appreciate a lot of the movies for what oh, they yeah. are for sure. Uh, sure. It, you know this week we're doing touch of evil uh 1958 orson wells directed um and this is one of my favorite movies, like of all time. One of one this, of my. This favorite. is my first viewing. I'm actually very un. I'm not that I'm unfamiliar with Orson Welles. I just don't. I mean, I liked uh, the Trial a lot, and I know he's like really, you know, innovative. Um, never seen Citizen Kane. Uh, I don't know if that's a scratch on the. Uh, same, the, uh, same here. Style. But uh, yeah, yeah, this is something. Um, I mean, I was very surprised by the movie, so uh, I know we'll get into that. So, I mean, before we even go further, you both just need to watch Citizen Kane and be done. Sorry, it, Dad. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those movies. No, I didn't watch it until I was a little older. Um, I didn't watch it like in my twenties. I think I watched it like in my late thirties. Oh, okay. Uh, it was one of those movies that I was like, eh, like you know, it's it's Citizen Kane. You can't avoid it, mm-hmm. right? It comes up in conversations about movies. It comes up on movie lists. And I'm going. There's no way. This movie lives up to this hype. I'm going to be kind of like, eh, and I don't want to be eh about Citizen Kane. I'd rather just not watch it. So I watched it one day. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's an unbelievable movie. Uh, no. And it actually made me a very large, no pun intended, Orson Welles fan. So Orson uh, Welles, was that his first movie or his first directorial? Citizen Kane. That's yeah. nuts, man. And it's like regarded as one of the best movies of all time. 
and, and when you watch it, I mean, we're, well, I'll stop talking about Citizen Kane in a second, but when you watch okay. Citizen Kane, you're going to see a lot of really inventive camera techniques and, 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 and just how the movie's made, stuff that became like staple, but is done first oh, okay. in Citizen Kane. And he is unbelievably good. I think he was a very, he wasn't an underrated actor. I mean, he was a respected actor, but I think over time he's become an underrated actor. Um, even in this movie, I think you got kind of like, eh, I was, blo- I was blown away awesome. by his acting in this. I was like, I can't even tell that's fucking Orson Welles. Yeah, I, I didn't know that was him either. Cause like, so, when I saw him, I was like, is he in prosthetics? No, I think he's just, no, he's just an alcoholic. And he also, uh, he did a movie called the third man. Third um, man which is, is awesome. Love third. Also man. one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, Bill, if you haven't seen that, not, much- not yet. It fits tomorrow. We could we could certainly squeeze that into here someday. Okay. Uh, a lot of regulars that he worked with. Uh, Joseph Cotton was one of them, and he's in the third man. He has a really small part in this as well, uh, but his partner in this movie is also like an old friend back from like the radio days, from like forty years before this. Empties. Um, so yes, yes, exactly. Short so for menstruation, I assume. So he did have a lot of people that he brought with him. He had like regulars, you know, and I, to me, that's always a sign that someone's probably all right to work with. Right. And if you stick with them for 40 years. Yeah. No matter what Hollywood. I, I had read that um, originally uh, Orson Welles was only set to act in this. Correct. But, uh, Charlton Heston. And they were trying to lure uh, Charlton Heston into it. And when he found out that uh, Orson Welles was acting, he was like, oh, maybe he can direct it, too. Maybe that'll help my chances of being in this movie. Wink, McNudge, nudge. Yeah, I think everything fell into place. So, which is, I mean, I really, um, I detest Charlton Heston uh, as a human being. Uh, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't enjoy most movies that he's in. I don't think he was a very good actor. Um, but yeah, I mean, were it not for him, this would be a totally different movie mm-hmm. if it ever got made. Um, it was based on a book, so it probably would have gotten made someday. But who the fuck knows? So this is, there's three different versions, right, of this movie. There's the original theatrical, which was hacked to shit by the editors without Orson Welles. Uh, and that one's 93 minutes. And then in 1976, they put together, like, kind of a mishmash of the theatrical along with some other footage that had been cut for 108 minute. And then you have the 111 minute, which is, none of these, by the way, match up to the time of the movie that we watched. But, but they're close <laughs> enough. Um, 111 is one that followed his notes. He left behind 50 pages of directorial notes uh, uh, that he had sent in to, to the studios to say, hey, this is really my vision of this movie. Here's what we need to do. And they were just like, fuck you, and didn't do it. But they took their no- his notes, uh, and they kind of hacked together the best version they could. So the version that's out now, I think it's been out since like 2005, 2008 um, is the most complete version you're ever going to get. All right. So just just get a little background of the movie. We don't do that a ton, but this movie actually has a background. So there you go. So we can begin. The movie starts off one of the best shots in cinema. Yeah, that was awesome. Really like that. Um, This long shot is unbelievable. (laughs) Um, So you have, uh, I'm trying to think of the characters' names off the top of my head now. Sort of um, Vargas, of course. He doesn't really go by his his full name ever. He's just Vargas, but it's uh, Ramon Miguel Vargas, a um, 
a Mexicanized Charlton Heston. Um, <laughs> just, it's, a little, it's a little unfortunate. Um, I'm very, very grateful he didn't try to do an accent. Oh, when he was when he was speaking English, yeah, he just was Charlton Heston. Yeah, I think it would have been kind of Speedy Gonzalez-y, and I'm really happy that he stayed away from that, especially in 1958. And especially uh, with especially with Orson Welles' character saying what he was saying about Mexican people too. So I already had enough of that. Yeah, so I, I, maybe that was a nice choice. I don't know who thought of that, you know, to maybe just play it like fuck it, just speak English, yeah, <laughs> like, no accent at all. Um, and Janet uh, Lee is his wife, so a couple years pre pre Psycho. Uh, as Susie, Susan, Susie Vargas, and they're crossing the the Mexican United States Mexico uh, United States border, but there's a you see a bomb being planted like right away. That was so simple for them to cross the border. I was like, kind oh, of great. like, was that <laughs> casual? Yeah, what? it was like it was like a party. Like everyone was just walking back and forth between fucking Mexico and the United States. I mean, and I'm not maybe was... I'm I'm not knowing what was going on back then, but it seemed very different from the landscape of today so <laughs> i think there are still kind of like border almost like party towns mm-hmm. where it's, but, but the border crossings have become tougher but i think that you have a lot of shared relatives especially yeah right like right right border towns. Just, i think people like were literally seem to be just like going back and forth i think towards the end charlton Heston just like crosses the border and no one stops them back into I mexico i don't know when the border went up like i don't know when the when the when like, the united officially? states actually said hey no one crosses unless we see your papers. It seemed like it was police officers too that ask him what's up when they get to the border, not military. There were there were military right there, right? It looked yeah, like... but it didn't seem like they were actually doing a whole lot. I mean, it's a movie, so maybe they weren't because it would have been confusing if he had to stop at the checkpoint every time they crossed. But <laughs> but yeah, I also Orson Welles' original vision was to have those detailed scenes. I don't see Orson Welles though as an untruthful filmmaker. Meaning, I don't see him taking cheap shortcuts with reality yeah. uh, so I, my guess is that's just how it kind of was back then probably in some places where it was much more free yeah i don't know but yeah, so is it it was uh, some dynamite and a uh, little kitchen timer yeah and i guess back then cars trucks just open from the outside no problem absolutely that's yeah. how it was uh, uh, effortlessly, but we, set, uh but we set up the shot of them walking and man, I, this whole shot is so good. Just the, the different sounds happening as the camera moves. I like the, I like the music throughout the movie too. It was different. It wasn't like it wasn't like the the schmaltzy, echoey saxophone or that kind of kind thing. Of, yeah, it was kind of beboppy, like uh, kind of, but it was like it was definitely a Mexican influence too. It a Latin flavor to it. That was a yeah. uh, Henry Mancini, the the guy who did the oh. cinematography or cin- oh. the composer for the score. He uh he did actually the pink panther yeah yeah theme <laughs> so yeah. it's you know he had kind of like a different vibe um you did a peter gun to too the... i know that yeah yeah you did that too yeah by the way bebop with the latin vibe is the whitest thing i will ever say on this podcast <laughs> just so you know yeah but uh, <laughs> so we have this long shot uh of them walking crossing the border we learn they're newlyweds right and they're actually on their honeymoon yes uh, and that vargas is like a Maybe he's a prosecutor, or he's doing like a special drug narcotic cleanup. Yeah, drug enforcement uh, official for the Mexican government. I, I yeah. have here. So he's he's Mexican. She's American. Uh, and they're going over the border to Mexico for their honeymoon. Sure. Right? 
I thought they were leaving Mexico. Are they going, are they going to? Because yeah. the car came from Mexico, went to the U.S., and they, they right, were going right. away. Right, right, right. I couldn't remember. Yep. And then the, yeah, the, the car yep. blows up, and it's it's everyone reacts accordingly, but like in the aftermath, everyone just like, eh, car blew up. Yeah, but then that like, I don't how uncommon was craziness if the borders open. I don't and know. There was like that gate, that family, like the crime family, the the Grandies too. So maybe that's like, oh. As well as, I mean, this movie has more alcohol in it than any other movie I've ever seen. Alcohol is yeah. flowing. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a fountain. So who knows? But um, it's interesting. All of this was filmed in California, about an hour away from L.A. Oh, yeah? Well, I guess it makes thought, sense. They thought it was actually more <laughs> realistic than if they went down to the border. Um, uh, it was more controlled, you know? So I guess they would go down to this little town and film at night. And once the bomb goes off, like there's a like you were talking about really long shots of the opening. There's this awesome tracking shot of like going through all the chaos of the people running. Yeah. And I'm like, man, how yeah. would they film that back then? It looks like handheld almost, but you know, like you know, they're using big ass fucking 35 millimeter, 70 70 millimeter giant horde cans of film. You know what I mean? So like that shot had to be intense to pull off. You know, like all the people running and then like. Uh, you see Heston and uh, his wife like kind of like dissipate in the crowd and get a little smaller as it gets more right. above the crowd running in. It's, I mean, that's just crazy. And then especially when they find the body, you don't see the body. But there's a part, um, and the dialogue in this whole movie is just like so well written. It's like the sharpest shit I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> there's a part that, uh, is it the... I don't know if it's the DA or was it maybe it was um, uh, Wells's partner. Uh, he says uh, he's like, they're going to have to strain him through a sieve, like which is like a you yeah. know, like a, a strainer. So the body, you know, you, you you don't even have to see the body. You know what it looks like. It's fucking charred to fucking dust. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think you said something later in the movie, too, like a woman found a, a shoe with a foot in it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. To say that. Yeah. 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 It's gross. <laughs> it is gross, but it's good. I think it's good. It's. It sets so, the tone. So everyone's down there, though, like already. Like the DA's there. There's all sort of folks there. And they ask about uh, Quinlan, which is um, Orson Welles' character, right? The the police captain. The legendary uh, man. The legendary, right. And they're kind of, they don't want to do anything until Quinlan gets there. Um, so you already know that like, Quinlan is like the man, the guy who runs everything down here or over up there. And uh, <laughs> wherever the fuck we are, and um, yeah, they mentioned something. He's on his ranch, and uh, he shows up with one of the best intros of a character ever. I love that Orson Welles went with the most unflattering shots of himself. <laughs> yes, throughout this whole movie, just to just to kind of project how grotesque this character is. Yeah, um, lots of lots of sweaty close-ups. Um, a lot of shots looking a little bit up at himself yep. um, mm -hmm. to kind of project just the immenseness of him. And I, I, I just love that. And as soon as he enters, you're just like, oh, fuck, this guy is <laughs> just, this guy's going to be trouble. And how he talks, too. Like, <laughs> like, you can't right, understand very, what he's saying all the time. Very mumbly, but he just always sounds pissed. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just fucking like, he's mad. He has to be there and fucking Mexicans and blah, blah, blah. You know, like first in the frame. Oh, this again. Right. Oh, so, no. 
so that kind of starts things off, right? And then you have Vargas saying that, oh, sorry, honey, I need to stay down here and up here and investigate this with them. Yeah, kind of. Kinda. He's is he like, invited to just like join? Not like in any official voices. Oh, you're Vargas. Come with us, kind of thing. Yeah, I think they knew of him. And yeah. I don't know if it's one of those things where you don't want to piss off like a counterpart in, in the on, across the border. I don't know. I mean, he has no legal rights here, and they're very vocal about that too. Yeah, which but they're right. I mean, yeah. he is a pushy dick. I, I I wouldn't say Vargas is a very likable character. I think he's I think he's like a good person. I think he wants to do the right thing, but he's kind of a dick. I because mean, because it about, goes along. He, I, for me, I, I sympathize with them more as it went along. I was kind of a different towards yeah. at first. What's I think cool once... about this movie is that there's like really no protagonist that you really like. You know what I mean? There's the protagonist is kind of which makes it very noir in anyways. You know, there's just not really a likable character in a sense that are any of them really good. You know, Susie, I think you is probably yeah, Susie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's she's supposed to be kind of the innocent in the midst of all of this. I think I think Menzies is a a decent person. I I, I think he maybe overlooked a lot, but he also seemed kind of like he might be kind of a fucking idiot. I mean, really, he's stupid. But he but he wanted to be a good cop. I don't think he saw what he was doing as being bad. Um, I, I don't you know who the fuck knows. I don't know. We'll never know because they're all dead. Yeah. But um, spoilers, so, not spoilers. Well, no, I probably, I mean, in life. So, <laughs> so okay. I'm trying to figure out where, where we're at already in this, because this movie does, it moves fairly fast, I think, I, I thought. Um, so. It's almost two hours. It was still, it's still. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just looking up the, um, I know at some point we get, he's, he goes investigating and then she's going back to a hotel, Susie. Yeah. But she did, it's uh not escorted, like well, it's so, almost like tricked into seeing. She's not tricked. She goes willingly. She goes like, "What am I gonna do? Gotta go with you, I like, guess." <laughs> okay. She's yeah. very much like, "It's like, lady, what are you fucking doing? Like, what are you doing?" He told her to like go to the hotel. Yeah. And she's like, "But this strange man's inviting me with him. Like, I gotta find out where this leads." And, and she goes across the border. Yeah. What are you doing? To a hotel. As soon as you see the fucking hotel sign, maybe don't go in. Yep. Um, but but I loved this this guy, the the kind of like like the leader of the gang. Uh, I like guy. Remind me if you want to look up a look up a picture of John Polito, P O L I T O. It's you know who that is. I think so. Uh, if you, it reminded me like totally of him. Like the picture on Wikipedia is when he's younger. Like, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I know John Polito. Oh man, John, John Polito's in uh, yeah, some if, fucking good movies. If they ever like remade that, like I would cast him for, as Uncle Grande immediately. Right, right, right. He fits the bill. But what's that Coen Brothers movie that he's up fucking amazing in? Um, uh, Miller's Crossing. John Polito and Miller's Crossing when he when he slaps his son. He's like, wait, stop crying, wait. <laughs> son, is his son an adult son or a? Uh... No. Oh, no. he's like a doughy little kid. Um, <laughs> oh my uh, god, he's unbelievable this, in that movie, John Polito. I love the hotel scene a lot. Actually, uh, that scene's very tense. Where uh, 
Susie's in there just, you know, talking to uh, Uncle Joe, right? That's Uncle Joe. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's like there's just a lot of really good lighting in that scene. And it makes me wish I could see the movie in color, even though it wouldn't be the same if it was, you know, colorized. But the way the light, like I wish I knew what color the lights were because there's this like flashing light from the outside <laughs> yeah. lights, like flashing on their face when they're getting tense in each other's face. And it just like just builds so well with like uh kind of like introducing uncle joe and how kind of like a you know a bad dude he is it's weird the he's, lights, he's yeah. bad but he doesn't seem like terribly intimidating as the movie goes along and you learn about his character yeah no i think he's he, i always pictured his brother as being kind of the badass he kind of like stumbled into the role of taking over because he he's had like to the brother yeah it's kind yeah. of that's how i kind of took it anyways i don't know but you never meet the other brother so uh, the one that's in jail already. Oh, he's actually, uh, he was played by a man named Akim, oh boy, uh, Mikhailovich. He was actually Armenian American. So he was. Uh, he is good in this. One thing I really enjoyed about this movie, or enjoy about this movie, uh, you mentioned the lighting. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of fluorescent lighting and things like that. You're on like this kind of crazy street uh, where a lot of the movie takes place. The use of the the in and out of lights is almost yes. like it's almost like it replaces like sound. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Driving tension in some scenes. The way yeah, it, that scene it, especially, just like the way it flashes there, man. Right, it gets like a beat, like a yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of kind of a clever move because this movie doesn't have a ton of music. Um, what it has, I think, is great. Yeah, it's like like background music. It's not even it's not like soundtrack music. It's just like something's happening nearby. Right, right, right. It's like atmospheric. More uh, Edwin, than how many how many drinks do you have over there? I've seen at least two different drinks so far. I have my margarita. I just finished, and then my water. Uh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on two, second margarita too. By the way. Oh right. <laughs> I had one beer, and I made me very sleepy, so I need to stop. When? So. We kind of established early on that that Menzies is kind of infatuated with Quinlan. Well, they they, right. they, they say that at, at some point he's uh, he saved his life, so he's very very loyal to him. He, he kind of worships him a bit. I mean, he oh, can't yeah. do wrong. Um, he reminds me of like the like the, <laughs> from the Looney Tunes. You know, like you have the tough, the the, the the tough dog and the kind of weak dog. Like, yeah, yeah, boss. Oh, that yeah. Kind of, yeah. That kind of, <laughs> Right, you know, like one's just like he's just gonna like do whatever he wants, and the other one's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Like, Hank would never do anything wrong, uh, which I think is great. But so then you have uh, Orson Welles kind of goes off right away, really, during this investigation to visit um, Marlena Dietrich. Yes, right. Who's a um, she runs a brothel, pretty much, right? Isn't that what's happening? Oh, yeah. before that though, what did, did he did he go there and did everyone else go to the uh, the the uh, the strip club with the burlesque house? Because there were some other guys there, other police. Because they just crossed the border and they're like we can't yeah. do anything down here. Right? Yes, right. That, they're, well, they're all they're all kind of following him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They go there first, right? I'm just because that he was has a hunch. He has his his game leg. Sometimes gives him hunches. A weird thing. Yeah. Uh, so he, so he's, uh, he's hobbling his way down that way. But I, I was, I always assumed that he wanted to see Marlena Dietrich's character, and he didn't give a fuck at what all the other guys were doing. Yeah, not really. What was her name? Tanya. Um, 
And she's kind of like, like a cross or two, like a psychic and a madam, <laughs> I guess. Or like she reads tarot cards, but will also have sex with you for money, I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> Uh, but they have a relationship. Like they've had a relationship. In the past. Yeah. Right. Back uh, apparently at one point he was not quite as uh, large, because um, she actually kind of makes fun of that at one point. Yeah. He's the giving candy him... bars. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Give him drinking, uh, but you start having candy bars. Yeah. Right. He, so he had a drinking problem. We learned that, uh, and that he doesn't drink anymore, which comes up quite a few times in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Where he mentions that he doesn't drink, and then of course finally does. But um, but they have that conversation. You don't really learn much. I think he asks if she knows anything, uh, which I guess should probably be a pretty good source if they were friends, because she probably hears a lot. Yeah. But but she doesn't seem to really know a whole lot. Um. So I don't I don't never really understood. They get to this guy Sanchez, right? And I never really got where he came from as a suspect. Can I, I have to point out something when the oh, yeah. uh, after the uh, the car exploded, how they uh, they brought the daughter down, like they rushed the daughter down to ID the body, like still in the flaming wreckage. Yes, yes, <laughs> it was pretty messed up. Like I wonder if that was a, like how they actually did it back then. And they actually yeah, mentioned that looks like my dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> something along the lines of like I don't know, you could she couldn't identify the woman because she doesn't know her dad's girlfriends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is like kind of like that's rough. Yep. <laughs> um, but they get on to, uh, to Sanchez. Well, yeah, they're driving there before they get there. They drive through the uh, their, the area where they're blasting, right? Uh huh. That happens first, and they because yep. they're asking about because they knew the car was blown. Oh, they assume the car was blown up with dynamite. Like I think in a in but, in a Quinlan's mind, he's probably already like formulating how to how to frame someone. That makes sense. I'm thinking back about it now. Yeah. No. Like, totally. Oh, yeah. Dynamite. Oh, okay. Carved lump with dynamite. I assume. Right. 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 Yes. So yes, you are correct. And they ask around about it. I think a little bit. Yeah, but they they literally they go to that. They drive by and ask like the the foreman or whoever of the the blasting right. area. Um, but the, but I, again, I still don't know how they get onto Sanchez though. Sanchez is like friends with like the sister of someone or something, but he's like barely related to this case. Well, I, I she, just, he was apparently like a, maybe in a relationship with, with the daughter. Yeah, that's what I thought. He was at the when they went to the apartment. He was at the daughter's house, right? Oh, right. Yeah. But he that's right. You're right. Yeah. He's, mar- he's married to the daughter. Secretly married. Yeah, they say. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's right. Shit, I forgot that for some reason. Okay, that makes a lot more this sense. This is one of your favorite movies? You know, listen, there are moments, you know? Uh, <laughs> so this scene really establishes what a dick Quinlan is. I was just about to say that. I was like, this is the scene where you find out that Quinlan is an asshole, like straight up. Um, and actually, I want to back up a minute. Have we already sent Susie off to the other hotel? Um, was that happening during this? I think it's during this. They cut kind of back and forth. They're like, so, they meet, they meet like they're supposed to be going together, and then the police like show up and they're like, Oh, we have to come with us. And he's like, Okay, she so explains, like explains to, to him, to, to her husband, what happened with, with Grandi. Oh, that's yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right, and he's he seems really pissed, and she's kind of like, eh, like it's all right. Um, yeah. But he wants to kind of get her out of town. Yeah. 
all this is happening to kind of keep her out of trouble, I guess. I don't know, really. I'm just like, just send her across the fucking border to a U.S. hotel. Yeah, they keep, saying, like, they keep mentioning a, a flight at some yeah. point. That never happens. Right. Uh, but instead, he gets a tip on a hotel to send her to that's kind of out of the way. It was, yeah, so it was suggested by Menzies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she's, she's being driven down that way. And she's being followed by Grandi. Yeah, Uncle Joe. Yep. Who's the worst, the worst of following people. <laughs> yeah. just, just so conspicuous, always. <laughs> Wait, is this also, is there, what about the, is this between also there's the acid throwing scene? Oh, uh, right. That was one of, like a I rogue, like, a rogue yeah, Grindy boy. Yeah, little Grindy hood was like, hey, yeah. uh, what, what's, he's like, he's like, hey, Vargas, and yeah. throws the fucking acid on that sign. And I'm like, what? What's he throwing at him? Then I'm like, oh, there's sizzling. I'm like, there's acid. Hey. (laughs) And I don't know if we established it, but they want to kill Vargas because Vargas is kind of in charge of the prosecution of the biggest grande. Yeah, yeah. Family member. Just think of what you just said. The biggest grande. I know. I did it. The biggest large. (laughs) I realized as I said it. Um, I'm still not as embarrassing as Charlton Heston as a Mexican, by the way. Yeah, so, man, rough. <laughs> Whatever so, they use in his face, though, because when they're driving in the car, when uh, Susie and Vargas are driving the car, she, she's like cuddling with him, and it doesn't come off in her face. Yeah. So um, maybe he just got a deep tan. They forced maybe. him out. They forced him out. Or Wells just forced him out of the sun for like a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that mustache didn't run off either, because that was like a pencil <laughs> thrown on there. I think that's 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 a, that's already become like a. Uh, a trademark of the show is these movies with the, the, the tiny mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. He looks well, like this... Matt Dillon in uh, Something About Mary. Like, exactly <laughs> it's the teeth, too. Yeah, the teeth, man, those teeth. <laughs> now, I'm just curious. I, I didn't keep track. Like I said, I was going to. We've had dames and we've had cigarettes in this movie. Have any guns shown up yet? Um, I mean, I think we've seen them on Cops. They haven't been used, though. Right? They haven't been used yet, no. Because um, you have, um, you have uh, um, what's his name? Um, Menzies, he has his guns always kind of visible. Well, that doesn't count. Story. That doesn't count. Listen, I'm just giving you what I got. Come on. We'll get anyway. there. Yeah, so yeah, so Menzies takes her to the hotel, but they, uh, he pulls over and... Uh, well, they've... They stop the they stop the car because fucking idiots coming up behind him, fucking yeah. kicking up dust behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they stop the car, and I love that he doesn't try to avoid them. He just drives up like what? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> He's just like what? I was up for a drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking idiot. But I love they just like get in the car. <laughs> and he's like, what about my car? And they're just like, yeah. <laughs> like fuck, fuck you. <laughs> so they go to the motel where they meet a really, really, really good Dennis Weaver. Um, that guy, he was fucking weird. Dennis, yeah, he is so good in this fucking movie, though. He's a good actor, generally speaking, Dennis Weaver. Um, I mean, I think, you know, Duel was a very big movie for him. In the sixties, okay. he's so fucking good at playing just a fucking crazy person, <laughs> just like a neurotic. Yeah. That's, oh man. Um, but they get her a room, and just kind of drop her off, and he takes Grandi back to town. Pretty fair. Yep. 
That's yeah. what, oh, that, that, oh, they take him, they bring him to where Sanchez is being questioned. Right. Well, we're, but we're back to town, though, yeah. Oh, town, yeah. Where, yeah, yeah, where, where that's happening. So then you have... Um, well, back to Quinlan being an asshole. He's... Well, they've, they've searched the place already. And Menzies goes in to look one more time. Well, before that, though, because uh, Quinlan keeps uh, insisting that Sanchez speaks English, and he actually slaps him because he's not speaking English. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, he says speak American once, I think. Like, oh, did he say uh, that? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, because yeah, uh, um, Vargas goes to wash his face and he knocks over a shoebox by accident. We can't yeah, forget that. Yeah. That's right, that's important to later in the movie. Right. Because he, he, like, he leaves a, a minute later. Yeah. He leaves a phone call. Yep. And he, um, he comes back. Oh, we found this dynamite in the box. But the well, men- it's Menzies finds it. Yeah. Um, and he's like, like, oh, oh, Hank's done it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> but you're right. They know that there were 10 sticks of dynamite stolen. And they know for how, for some reason, they know eight sticks were used. Yeah. So they're positive there are two. And look what's in the box, two. What a coincidence. And Vargas is like, what? Like, calls bullshit, like, immediately. Yeah. Um, but everyone else, like, leaves. Yep, they're like, yep, all done. Just... Kinda, yeah. They take Sanchez away, who's pleading with Vargas to, like, help him. Like, please, can you do anything? Um, you know, like, Mexican to Mexican kind of yeah. a thing, right? Uh, he's, being, he's clearly being railroaded. Although, I don't, I don't know if he was, really. We'll find out. But, um... They have a nice conversation, right, Vargas and Quinlan, where they really establish how much fucking Vargas hates Quinlan. <laughs> <laughs> and how much Quinlan now hates Vargas. Yeah. Um, he, like, Vargas calls, just calls bullshit. Like, immediate bullshit. Like, I looked in that. There was nothing in it. And he's just like, I, like he's basically like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you missed it. Yeah. They were there. Why would I lie? Are you sure? You sure it was that box? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. But I do like how the DA um, Schwartz is on his. He like he's yeah. Going to go along. I think he's a, he's searching for the truth. I mean, no matter where it comes from, I I would imagine Quinlan's supposed to have been with the police for thirty years. There's no way <laughs> that people don't know that he's maybe a little biased. Yeah. Yeah. No, he strikes me as a kind of cop. That has never not gotten his man. That's what I feel like. It's like he's like very bitter. And as the movie progresses on, you can just sense that he's just like so pissed at just anyone and everyone around him and right. blames the entire world about his own situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, they, sure. they kind of they touch on that right, right away because uh, uh, Uncle Joe is like talking to him. He's like, oh, I'll help you if you help me kind of thing. And he gets him to the bar where... Quinlan explains how his wife was strangled. I think since like he found his wife strangled, he couldn't he didn't he couldn't find the guy. Is that what it was? And like yeah. something he like vows like I think that the, his his like revenge is any case he has is like making sure no matter what like someone goes down for it so he can close the case. That's some that's like his satisfaction like his yep to, to honor his wife's death maybe. And strangulation comes up a couple of more times in the movie. Yeah, like, I was just about to say it's a kind of motif in it. Yeah, because he he even talks about it too. Like before he gets yeah. into the story about his wife, how it's like the best way to murder someone because it's quiet. 
Right. Pretty interesting. And this is where he starts drinking it, Ed, too, even though he's like he's telling him, like, I don't drink anymore. Well, yeah, Grindy, Grindy gets him to drink. Yeah. And that's the only time, like, Grindy, is, he shows that he can be uh, a, 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 a good bad guy, I think, in this. Yeah, I don't. I never got the impression throughout any of this movie that Grundy wanted to actually hurt anybody. I think he wanted to scare her so she'd leave and take Vargas with him. With yeah. her, and therefore his brother's free somehow magically because I don't think he was very smart. Yeah. Um, but but you do now have this kind of buddier relationship right between Quinlan, Quinlan and Grundy. Yeah. Uh, which is going to come into play very, very soon. So I think you're back out at the the hotel, the motel. Yeah. What, with man, I don't know if hotels or motels were really like this back in the day, but the fucking music's getting piped in from the office. Yeah. That's just a goddamn <laughs> bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. All around. All around bad idea. Uh, with that fucking huge speaker um, coming through playing this fucking crazy music. But, um, but that the kind of head of the Grandi enforcers, the one who invited her to come meet him, uh, shows up with his buddies and just kind of take over. Dude, yeah. that scene with that one Grandi hood, he's like jumping the oh, whole yeah. time. I was like, what you're making on? me fucking nervous, dude. Like, what What are you doing? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. But, I mean, they couldn't have picked a better fucking place. First off, Grandi owns the place. Yeah. Um, it's just, you, you realize, but... Also, I mean, the clerk is just, he's not going to put up any resistance whatsoever. <laughs> he's uh, eating a sandwich the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. So they're just kind of like, yeah, like we're, we're, we got the day shift. And he's like, but I don't, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of leaves. Um, and I mean, we can probably go in and out of order here, I think, because stuff's going back and forth, but you want to just go over the, the motel scene? Well, yeah, because a bunch of other, bunch of other, like, just, you know, what you think at first are like kids partying come along, right? But it's yeah. I mean, there's more and more. It gets louder and louder, and the music's loud, and you can hear more and more kind of partying going on next door. Yeah. Uh, is that I mean, where they they're whispering through the door? She's like, you know what marijuana is, you know yeah. what mainlining is, and like she's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, I've heard of it. Like, <laughs> right? Uh, it's fucking brutal. But then she's getting pissed because she's just trying to sleep. In the middle of the day, for some reason, she tried to sleep. She didn't sleep overnight. They, uh, they're for the whole thing. That's, I guess that's true. Although she didn't uh, sleep in the car, so that's kind of bullshit. On the right out there, she slept. But it's the music from this fucking speaker that you can apparently not turn off. That seems to be driving her the most crazy. Um, and then she goes and she looks out the window, and she sees that close-up shot of one of the guys. Oh, it's fucking just awful, awful. Well, this whole scene, I thought, I, I don't think it didn't go in the direction I thought it was going to go into because everyone comes in. And yeah, the head, the head yeah, yeah. like, you should leave. He's like, no, I want to stay and watch. And I'm like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, was it's... like, damn man, this movie for like a 1958 movie. I was like, holy shit, what's about to go down? Like, you know, it's still yeah. pretty fucking sad, but yeah, maybe not. Because they even said like grab our legs, and I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Don't yeah. So well, so they all start piling in all the guys, and then the girls start to kind of come in. Yeah. And the main girl is Mercedes McCambridge, the voice for The Exorcist. Oh. Mm. Mm. So that's kind that. of funny. Yeah, she she's, was credited, a, she's credited as a hoodlum. Yeah. Um, she was kind of the, the handsomer of the ladies. Yes. <laughs> so, 
so yeah so so and it's a great scene because they kind of they have her pinned down she's yelling there's no one else around they say take her legs and then they they're lifting her up and then it just cuts to the next scene yeah but no what could have been a good alternate for this was um instead of like seeing through the window and they just come in she's taking a shower and you see like 10 silhouettes behind the shower curtain come in surprise her (laughs) (laughs) that would have would have been better yeah (laughs) If because, only they then, thought of it. because then in Psycho, when it happens, she could be like, not again. And she gets <laughs> it's, it's Psycho, Norton Bates, there's just a huge speaker in the wall that starts blasting music while she's in the shower. He peeks, he peeks to the speaker in the wall. It's what he does. Hey, what's weird is that, um, so Janet Lee's in this movie with Orson Welles, and then Orson Welles also directed a trial with Anthony Perkins as Kay, which is kind of just like a weird little triangle there you know like a seven degrees of separation type shit Six leading to the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny and thought of that but yes um so we're, we're back now i think right there with um vargas the, the da and Var- he's brought in vargas to some records like the police well, records, he, right he, he does he does ask him he's like you know do, like do i have any I forget the word he uses, but like, do you trust me at all, basically? Yeah. It's just like a little. <laughs> like, he's honest about it. Like, a little. And he wants to see all of Quinlan's uh, old cases. And but and then he goes, Schwartz as the DA, he goes to check out the ranch, too, right? In the meantime. Yes. So, yeah. So, so Vargas is down in this basement, and down comes Menzies. Um,. Mm-hmm. Who I love, I love it because he's looking through these old documents and he's like, "What are you looking at?" And he's like, "You'll see, you'll see tomorrow." And he grabs one. He's like, "I want to see now." Yeah, <laughs> I love it because you don't really see him getting mad in this movie, except really in this scene when he gets re- he's mad because he knows he wants to hurt you know his buddy Hank. Yeah, very defensive. Yeah, but I think he thinks it's bullshit. He thinks that Hank is a good cop. I always got that impression, right? That he thinks that Vargas is trying to set up Quinlan rather than vice versa. I can see that. I think, yeah, he's just, it's like blind loyalty. It's no matter what. Um, but yeah, so he's going through his, he's looking at cases um, where they found the evidence. Is, is what he's trying to find out, right? He's trying to pull up cases. Because yeah, they always, cause they always find this evidence. Right. Every time. Um, but uh, yep. so does he? Yeah. So how does that scene end? I don't remember. I'm trying to think how that does he just leave him? I think it just cuts. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it's that that much happening. It's um, they they go upstairs and they're having a discussion about it, and Quinlan shows up and throws oh. his badge down. They're they no. I think it's the next day or later on. The uh, Vargas gets it's like the police chief to come to like his. Yeah, his bedroom. I don't know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah, as was as was the custom at the time. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, but then <laughs> and then but that's so this is where uh, yeah Menzies finds Quinlan like shit faced at a bar nearby. Yeah, and he he tells him about it. So then Quinlan goes up. And... It's a great scene because you have you have the DA and the. Um... Like all the muscle in the town politically, they're almost they're almost on board with it too. They're like, well, but then he like puts his badge down, like, oh no, we're sorry, no, 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 don't go. It's yeah. like an ultimatum almost, you know, like I'll leave, I'm done with you guys, and they're like, oh, you can't, you know. 
Well, yeah. I love it too because he says, like, you know, he didn't actually accuse you of anything yet, and he's like, yeah. it's, you know, it's the, it's not, it's like you were letting him talk to me this way. That's why yeah. he's mad. But it's such bullshit. It is such a bluff. Yep. But it, but it works because they because one of the guys yeah. yells at Vargas like he doesn't ever want to see him around there again. Well, once again, you see like how like, uh, you know, being a noir, like you have questionable morality here. You even think like, oh, Vargas. The only reason he really wants to get involved with this case is to prove that Quinlan is a bad dude. You know what I mean? He's fucking right. up. That he's not. He's not really caring about the bombing or any anything like right. that. He really just wants to prove, you know, he's a bad dude. And then Quinlan's just trying to close another case. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, his goal even changes in a few minutes. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. He's a very much. He's a one track dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's not very nuanced, but okay. So, uh, then they go into the it's great scene in the elevator. I just love the shot because it's kind of looking up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they hand him his badge back. Oh, yeah, like, like, oh, you don't want to leave without this. He doesn't even say anything, he just kind of shoves it back in his pocket. Well, he, but he like looked at the camera and just like winked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I love that because it's so. Of course he took it back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course he's like, he because he's like, all right. And when he started it away, he's like, thirty years of my life. You know. Yeah. Like oh god. Dang. So. <laughs> um. So are we finding out now? The DA comes to get Vargas to tell him. No, they haven't found the wife yet. Now we cut to the wife. So yeah. Susie, we find out what happened to Susie. So she's she's in a bedroom. Yeah, at Grindy's this, club. It's just such a great scene. Just yeah. it's so well shot and so much happens. Now, did they actually only make it appear that she was on drugs and she really wasn't, or did they actually shoot her up with something? I think some, they, it was some, they shot her up. I think they gave her something. I think they say it was something that they gave her that would give the appearance that she would be fine. Yeah, they were. They kept talking about um, uh, blowing smoke on her clothes. Like they're like saying they were blowing well, smoke on her clothes or something like that. Reefer but, smoke. Yeah, reefer <laughs> smoke. <laughs> right. A oh boy when they find the joint. Dennis Weaver's character finds a joint in a few minutes. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> but um, um, no, they they they, they were talking about truth serum. Yeah, like sodium uh, permethrin. Sodium permethrin. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I don't know if that would knock you out, but she's. Clearly ill, like she's knocked out and like just sweat. Everyone yeah, in this so sweaty like, in this movie, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but in this scene, especially, it's supposed to be like junky sweat, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even when in a few moments when she's taken away, when he visits her, she's still like sweating. So whatever the fuck they gave her makes you sweat. Yep. Um, so she's kind of knocked out, and it's Grandi is there. Yep. And then oh, who's coming down the hall? You have Quinlan. You see the cane and the kind of hobbling down the hall. The face. This scene, like you said, man, it is like just like terror, man. It was just done so well, dude. And I love you. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even know. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this guy going to do? Because, you know, you see the gun and then, you know. um, They have, uh, what's his face? They have Vargas's gun, too. They alluded to yeah. it. He had packed it in a yeah. fold. He left it in a folder earlier. Right. He left it in a suitcase. It's oh, in it's a, a suitcase. Yeah, it's in a suitcase. Okay. Um, now, that, he, that she took with her. It's it's funny that um, when he when Vargas goes to the motel room and finds that it's trash and everything, 
because it's Charlton Heston. He flips out that his gun's been taken away. <laughs> yes, it is. A, <laughs> it's a sign of future years, Charlton yeah. Heston, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, he's like, you, you, blew it, you blew it all up. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's calling that one guy, you damn dirty apes. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Weaver's character. Yep. yep. Um, so 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 she's kind of knocked out. She's unconscious, and then they're having a conversation. Uh, Gr- Grandi and and Quinlan, um, kind of about what to do, right? And well, I, I, I don't think Grandi really knows what's happening. Well, I think his, his plan was that this would be enough to, like like you said, scare them off. Right. Like if she's found there, she would get in some kind of trouble, and then they would have to go away. Right. Whereas Quinlan wants Quinlan wants her set up. Uh, to be caught on drunk, and it's actually mentioned. We we kind of skipped it. He mentions to the other cops that he saw him oh, with yes. a hypodermic needle. When he's, when he's he's actually, yo, what's he? He's like, what is he with? The the, the narcotics. He's like, yep. he's immediately like, he's a junkie. Yeah, they talk so about like, him oh, yeah. stopping drug runners, or or they say, yeah, you've been yeah. running off dope runners, or something like that. Yeah, yep. he's immediately like he's a junkie, and he say, he says that he saw a hypodermic needle. And one of the guy, one of the guys goes, "Did you really see a hypodermic?" That's what I said. <laughs> and, yep. um, and also that his wife is also a junkie. So this setup makes sense, right? They're gonna say she's a junkie, yep. um, but it, it doesn't quite go that way. So he has he has Grandi call the police station. I got right? point. At gunpoint. Yeah. And ask for... Um, does he ask for his partner? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, and boy, I can't remember the order of things here. He gets well, is, him on the phone. Is he still, and, at this point, are they, are they interrogating uh, Sanchez? Yeah. But, but they, not, with no luck so far? Right, no luck so far. Um, and he, he gets him on the phone... I don't remember what the fucking conversation was. I though. think he tells him to like send like vice down because something crazy is about to happen here or something. You know, he's alluding to like something happening in that room. I don't the dialogue like at all, but but you don't know what's going to happen to Grandi. You don't know if he's going to get shot or what. And I mean, you're kind of like, well, it doesn't make sense. You figure Grandi's been around forever. Yeah. Um, and he's all he's done is helped him. Mm-hmm. But but he does mention at one point that it would be uh, if he flipped it would be bad for for Quinlan, which is you don't say that to Quinlan. Yeah, uh, it's just like a bad idea. <laughs> don't give him thoughts. <laughs> so um, no, it's, it turns great uh, where he flips on him. Quinlan attacks Grandi, and Grandi just immediately like balls up in the corner, like <laughs> yes. no whatsoever. Actually, and I wanted to yell, fight back. He's, he's a he's a kind of a small man, but yeah, he could fight. This guy's drunk and he just topple him over like a weeble wobble. Yeah, so, just take out take so, out the bad leg. Uh, right, right. Um, well, I don't know how bad the leg was. We'll find that out soon too. But anyway, <laughs> so he he has like his garret. He makes it out of like, I don't know, it's a wire. I don't know what that is that he's holding. I thought it was like cloth or something. Uh, but he pulls it tight. You can see him going in. You're like, oh, of course he's gonna fucking strangle him. Of yeah. course he is. It's perfect. About it earlier. Yeah. Right. He pretty much told everyone he's gonna strangle someone. Yeah. So he goes in, strangles him, and he does this great fall 
the actor the actor looks like he really banged his fucking head on this bed, man. <laughs> the way that it lands. Um and he's he's just hanging over the bedpost that, that Susie's laying down in. And she's starting to kind of come to like a little bit, not really. There was a struggle before the guns under the bed. Yep. Um and she doesn't wake up during this, but she's kind of, and you're like, is she, is she, is she not going to wake up in the middle of this? And when she finally wakes up, it's his face staring down at her. Eyes like bulging out. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. And I love that they did it from the angle they did it at where he's kind of upside down for her. Yep. Uh, um, I love that. And then she's just screaming. And then it cuts over to. The DA telling Mark, she goes out in the fire escape asking for help, but everyone's just like, "Hey!" like waving at her. <laughs> no, it was, it was like a bunch of like American like sailors or there's something like having a laugh. But then, but, yeah, she does, but she does get arrested. She does um, get arrested. If, if, but yeah, but right, Vargas, the the time, Vargas is driving down. I think does he see her? Um, no, because no, because he gets told by the DA. Yeah, I was gonna say they call him or. Get yeah. a hold of him and tell him that his wife's okay. there's yeah. some trouble with her. But he happens he drives right by it, right? Doesn't he going down there? Because he was... yes, yeah, he drives by it. The the DA though kind of pulls him aside and says, you know, we need we need to talk. <laughs> you know, Susie's been arrested, blah blah blah, and explains what's happening. Um, and he goes he goes to see her in the jail. And boy. I, He's very cringy in this movie. Charlton Heston's love for Janet Lee makes me uncomfortable uh, throughout a lot of this movie. Whenever they go to hug, I think Bill's frozen. Bill, you there? He's frozen. Yeah, well, he'll come back, I guess. But you know what I mean? It's very, like, he's a little too affectionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not affectionate back, really, like a little bit. I don't know how much I buy this this romance. She's happy to see him, but he like throws like Mia Moore, you know, like throws himself <laughs> upon. You calm down. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um, I think the last thing I remember hearing was uh, I was I was trying to determine if well, we determined that uh, Vargas didn't see her. Right, I, right. I was going to bring up how he went to the the uh, the 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 Grandy Boys Club next. Oh yeah, yeah, it smashes it up. He fights everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, he doesn't need the gun. Um, but then he goes to see her in jail, and I, I was just talking to everyone about it. Any time he goes for her, it makes me so uncomfortable. He's very. He reminds me of the. He's like Pepe Le Pew. He's a little rapey. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. He's like, oh my dear, yes, it's yeah. you. <laughs> right? He's just like kind of all over, her. like throws himself on her, um, like in every scene that yep. they're in together. It's a little like, all right, relax a little bit. Uh, in this case, I mean, yeah, he's you know get in there and talk to her maybe. Well, I think at this point too, he's he's especially worked up. He just fought off like ten guys. Because the, adre- the adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> I like to with the rest of the movie. He never like he never fixes his shirt or tie either. He just leaves it how it is. Yes, very much. <laughs> so uh so he goes out though to the motel to kind of investigate, right? Or no, yeah. they've already gone to the motel and find out that she's not there. 
Yeah, he we came from the hotel. Him. No, we didn't. Oh, I mentioned it briefly when he when he flipped out that his gun was. Uh... Oh yeah, but I want yeah we need to talk about that more though because that's I love this scene. We're going okay. back a little bit, but when he goes out to the motel to to find her and she's not there, and you have uh, <laughs> you have Dennis Weaver's character. I don't know his name, the character's name, but it's he's just a the... night manager, right? Night manager, yeah. I love that. First up, there's a there's a scene earlier where the party's still kind of going on, and he turns off the music as like a little act of defiance. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. He just kind of like <laughs> gives like a little nod to like the camera, like, yeah. back to the eating family. his sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But when he Charlton Heston shows up at night, he's he is just kind of like I'm just the night manager. I don't know what it is. they don't tell me anything. I wouldn't clean it up anyways. Fuck them. Everyone's bullshit. Kinda, <laughs> this goes off of these little rambles that I love. Uh, denies that anyone was ever there, mm-hmm. and then mentions something about a party. Yeah. Um, and then mentions the name Grandi at one point. So they go over to look, and he lets he lets him in, and he he's freaking out about the smell. Yep. He's like he's like he's just freaking about the smell, and then he picks up like a roach. The you know, yeah. He picks up a roach. He like he like yells and runs away. Like <laughs> reefer madness, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I love. I just love that so much. I'm sorry. That's why I wanted to go back and just document it because I really love that scene. So, um, so yeah. So he visits her in jail. Yeah, Menzies shows up. Uh huh. Yeah, and they have a little chat. Yeah, he shows him. He he checked out the scene and he found the cane there. It's Menzies shows him. Yeah, this is when Menzies starts to kind of like be like, man, I've taken up for this guy for too long. You know what I mean? He's kind of changing where he, how he feels about him because he knows, he knows Quinlan's kind of like on this severe downward spiral more than he has been, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know though, how the fuck would Orson Welles have forgotten his cane? That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> it's like forgetting your glasses if you wear glasses. Yeah. Like, you think that he'd be so used to having this cane, he would immediately stand out if he did not. Like, is he walking normal? Well, is this, don't forget, he was drunk. He just he just murdered someone. How often was he actually murdering people, do you think? Well, no, probably not a lot of murders. But, yeah. well, I don't know. But but I don't know. It's a weird thing to leave behind. I mean, whatever. It's a movie and it's a good plot device, so it's fine. But that's what I I just accepted it as like, well, yes. you know, how else would they, you know, leave a trail behind? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. They could have had something easier in the movie, like a candy wrapper, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or like, you know, if he had like a ring that fell off or something. Yeah. Or perhaps a, a pool a pool of sweat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go into to see what's happening, and everyone just kind of stuff slides in. Yeah, Menzies by crutches down, like dips his finger in and tastes it. That's Quinlan, all right. <laughs> I know oh, that's pretty fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it smells like, it smells little, like tastes like sweat and Milky Way. Yeah, a little tangy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Menzies has come to realize something's not right because he found his cane there and he shows Quinlan, which is the right thing to do. He's being a good cop. <clears throat> um, and then they immediately hatch this plan where they're going to, to go to Quinlan 
and Menzies is going to try to get him to confess on tape. Yes. Uh, which I, I, I oh man, I love this scene. But I like the I, the technology of the time uh, <laughs> is pretty great as well, where they have this tape recorder and he's kind of he has a little radio tuner that he's trying to tune into all the time to yep. get the right frequency of it, uh, which is awesome just for the drama of it. Obviously, it wouldn't work today, right? <laughs> but but this the scene, man, the way it works with this scene, man, the oh. whole time you're like on the edge of your seat, and you're like, oh, oh shit, yeah. oh shit, oh yeah, I no, I missed something. Yeah, oh, it does. It does. I mean, it does cut out sometimes for like you know ten, fifteen seconds, and you don't know what's being said. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, but he goes down, and, and he's at uh, the brothel with Marlena Dietrich's character, and I, I love it because she's doing her tarot cards. Yes, and, dude. And I was about to say I love this part, man. Tell me my future. And she says, she's like she's like doing accounting or something though. That's she's not doing. Yeah, she's yeah. doing her books. Yeah, you're doing her books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but she says you have you you have no future. You're, you've yeah. run, you've run out of future. Yeah, that's a great line. Um, which is, yeah, and he's just dejected. Like he looks so, so horrible in this scene. I mean, obviously on purpose. But I mean, Orson Welles is a very large man, um, kind of towards this period of time. I don't think he was quite this large. I'm sure it was padded a bit. But just boy, he looks. I don't know. He looks like thirty years older than he is. In For real, scene. man. The way that the character looked, like I said, I didn't even know it was Orson Welles. I was like, there's no way that's fucking Orson Welles. I mean, and like, like 50 years old when he made this. Well, even his voice, you know, you expect Orson Welles has that very distinct voice, but this is what really made me see. I'm like, damn, this guy can fucking act. Like, this yeah. is some really great drama, just good theater work. Like, man. He was only, he was only, <laughs> he was 43. Dang. What? Seriously? He was born in 1915. And this wow. is 58, right? So this is not 43. That is 43. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a that's lot my, older. I'm, I'm 43. I'm glad I yeah. don't look like anywhere close to that. I'm almost seven years older than that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm getting a little, I'm not quite as plump as he is, but uh, I like to think I'm not quite as. I think you're uh, the, sur- the, sur- the surliness levels, though, are pretty equal. Fuck you. You don't know that. <laughs> See, there it is. Hey, what's that? Is that a knife in the background I see over there? <laughs> over here, talking to me. <laughs> For framing you. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so yeah. So you have so so Menzies goes down and kind of he walks inside, and then walks back out. Well, before that though, um, oh. Vargas peeks in the window and um, Quinlan sees him or thinks he sees him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I saw him out here, but he's like, you're drunk. You're drunk, man. Yeah, yeah. You've had too much. Uh, But Menzies is standing outside, and Quinlan goes outside, and they have a nice little talk, talk, walk and talk. Yeah. Which is very popular, I heard back in the late 50s. Nice little walk and talk. Oh, walk and talk when you're trying to get your friend to confess to murder? (laughs) Yeah. But he really goes, he goes for it, like, almost right away. Um, trying to get him to confess. Yeah. He's like, how many others have you framed, too? He's like, you framed more, like, you know what I mean? Right. But, but I mean, Quinlan is like, even drunk, he's like, bullshit. No, I did not. No. But like, he almost makes it seem like he's like, he, at first, you you think he knows that he's being recorded, but like, it's, he's using, like, being using metaphors, like, oh, what's that? Like, yeah. The first says, like, oh, I know you have that on you. 
Is that yes. like a halo? An yeah, the always. halo. Yes, that part. Yes, I was. I didn't write that down, but yeah, oh, I, yes. I remember the halo part. He's like, he's like, like what you got wear, what you're wearing there, and he's like, what do you mean that halo? Man, yeah. that's some good ass dialogue, dude. That's just <laughs> so there was, well written. There was something else too. Like it happens. Like it was almost like a like sort of like a comedy bit kind of thing where you know like the the one person who's trying not to get caught for something keeps thinking they are, but it's just like wordplay. Yeah. Right. It was, really, it was really well done. Well, he's really Menzies is really good at being nervous. <laughs> like you're you're like this guy has no chill. He is totally like he wants this guy on the record, but he's also terrified he's going to get caught. Yeah. Was well, this the really, part he says does he say he's like you're flapping your wings like an angel or something? There's Well, that's what he he's much as the halo and he's yeah. like next, next thing you're going to have little wings. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um so Charlton Heston's running along, trying to kind of keep up with them. At one point, he's waiting in water, like yep. he's doing whatever he has to do to keep within range of the signal um, that that's being tuned in. And I, and then he he actually does kind of confess to things where he says that he, he only did anything if he knew someone if they were guilty. Yeah. Um. Which is just awful, but it is what it is. So they get to this bridge, and that echoey sound kind of starts happening yep. because you have you have Vargas under, and they're above, and it's creating like interference and an echo. That's another thing. Like he, he ends up being like metaphorical. He's like, I feel like he's following me. But yeah, he doesn't mean it literally. He doesn't mean like right. he's under my under the bridge, right under our feet. He's just <laughs> right, 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 right. And then he's hey, like, what are you talking about? He does go like, hold on. He's like, there's an echo. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when you, know, you notice this too when he's like, Menzies is acting pretty nervous now too. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah, he, he mentions that he's nervous. Uh, and he starts yelling at Vargas to come out. Okay, I think at that point, he's, he's probably going for it, right? If he's yeah. not there, no harm, no foul. <laughs> but if he's there, come the fuck out. Um, so Vargas does kind of start kind of heading to get out. But he has to like go around, kind of to get out. So you have Quinlan and and Menzies having their kind of final confrontation. Yeah, cause yeah. I think it's up with the gun, right? Yeah, and, and Quinlan starts talking about how he's been a cop for so long, but he's like, I've been a turkey farmer or something like that. And he mentions the oil thing, and he's like, that's money or something. Yeah. He goes on this like kind of like philosophical. Oh, that's what happens. That's another part where you think he's he's like, look up there. He's like, oh, he's, he found Vargas, but that, that's when it's that's when he talks about the oil and the money. He has, yeah, he yeah, yeah, he yeah. See Vargas. No, I think it, 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 every time it's like, oh, he's oh nope, he doesn't get oh wait nope not yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Add to that tension. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then um. They go, yeah, he wants the gun. Vargas, uh, not Vargas. Quinlan has has Vargas's gun. And he's pointing it at Menzies. And then shoots him. Dude, man, that scene is cold, too. Yeah. The the blood, the blood. I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of blood for this kind of movie. You know what I mean? I forgot to mention at the very start, too, Quinlan calls someone a jackass. Yes. (laughs) For the time. Yeah. And the strippers, like there's a like kind of like a lot of sexual innuendo in it too. For I guess the movie was rated PG thirteen, but that's definitely a rating after the second cut. Oh, I'm sure. yeah, so, be. and we uh, didn't even mention one of the strippers, by the way, Zsa Gabor. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. But um, but now you have Vargas up comes up onto the bridge with Quinlan. Quinlan has the gun pointed at Vargas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, Vargas. So it's the point where Vargas turns around. He tells him to turn around because he doesn't want to shoot him in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to run, run for your yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love, oh, it's so good. Bad ass, dude. Bad ass. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, Menzies he's still still kicking up there, and he he shoots down and gets uh he that's he shoots Quinlan in the back basically. Well, he does. We're not there yet though. Quinlan goes down to wash his hands. Um, after after he shoots. Menzies, he has like, blood all over his hands. Filthiest, most polluted water. Yeah, but but I love that. I love that he goes down to wipe the blood off his hands. I mean, yeah. he's finally gone way too far. There is no going back. Is this the um, thing too where they show like they show Quinlan close up and he actually is crying about it too? Yeah, he has a yes. tear come down. Yeah, yeah. About his friend. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and they wash that. I I don't know what they use for blood in this movie, but I like it a lot, especially for the. Black and white blood sometimes is kind of hit or miss. Um, I kind of liked the way this blood kind of rolled off his fingers. Yeah. Um, so, he, so he washes that off, and then you can see Menzies hanging kind of over the top of the bridge up above um, as Vargas and Quinlan kind of have it out down below. And, yeah, then a shot. He has, he has Vargas kind of pinned, and a shot rings out. And it's yeah, oh, it's so good. It's Menzies up above, yep. with no longer holding the gun, and his fingers just pointed down. Yep, like he's pointing at him, which I found oh, so fucking good. And it's just blood dripping off his fingers. Yep, fucking uh, brilliant, brilliant, dude. <laughs> and then you have uh, Quinlan, kind of does the backup fall into the to the water. It's it's like you like don't sympathize with him but you're like damn that's a sad life dude like that it's come to this right you know, and was he like, always like that i mean yeah, yeah. It, something does they get mentioned during all of this which was that sanchez has confessed yeah he did it <laughs> yeah 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 this is crazy so yeah. they're saying that you know Quinlan fabricated evidence but he didn't even need to no oh reason. and they also mentioned something about quinlan having because Vargas finds out there's dynamite. There was dynamite. Oh, at, at his ranch. 17 yeah. sticks. And there was only two now or something. No, like there's there, was only five, there was two missing. He had 15, only had 15 left, but he had 17 originally. Yeah, he yeah, took two yeah. Of his, yeah. He planted two of his own personal stash of dynamite. Which right. he didn't even have to. That's, yeah. Yep. All that for nothing. Right, which is, he, he, he's not planting evidence on people that he knows are guilty. He's just planting yeah. evidence. Yeah, um, it's pretty crazy to have... think about it too. Over the, like the course of like maybe twenty four hours, his life is like just goes so downhill fast. Like he starts drinking again. It's he, all Vargas too. He murders. He murders. He, mur- he strangles someone to death. He shoots his best friend. Yeah. Right though, oh. if Vargas had not come across the border for this honeymoon, none of this would have happened. So yeah. really, Trump's fault. Yep. Is that, is that the <laughs> ultimate title? Is this like Vargas's fault? That's right. <laughs> so um, you have Tanya walks by. Well, the, they... the DH uh, Schwartz shows up with uh, with his wife too, and have the oh my god, he... oh god, I forgot. And then you have Quinlan fucking Pepe the Pew and his wife again. Vargas, <laughs> Vargas, 
Vargas, rather. Oh, man, it's brutal. Yep. What does the DA say to Tanya? He's like, did you love him or something? Oh. And there's like a really good just it's kind of great, like dialogue. It's a great well, line. I'm trying she to... says, with some kind of a man, uh, what does it matter what you say about people? And then she walks away. And then he That's... says he was a good, he's a bad cop, but a good detective. Or a good detective, but a bad cop. Yeah, I, I yeah they, I only see a partial on on a Wikipedia. I'm sure IMDb has it. And then yeah. uh, and then and then it cuts to Tanya kind of walking away. Yeah, and that's how it and, ends. In the end, no no uh, final credits. I don't think. No, I think it just at the end. Did you have final credits in your version? Uh, I don't remember. I, I thought it just faded out. It just faded yeah. out and to music. It had like the the score and it faded out. And then I was clapping because it was yeah. over. And then yeah. <laughs> So, Touch of Evil. Um, there it is. There it is. Yeah, so Bill, you had never seen it. I had not seen it, no. Yeah. Um, ho- hopefully you enjoyed it. You sound oh, like I you did. enjoyed it. Very much, yes, uh, I did. I'm glad you I, chose it. Yeah, I, I, I saw this one before I saw Citizen Kane. Um, so I kind of didn't really know Orson Welles aside from this character, <laughs> which was a little weird when I saw him in other roles. Um, he was really good as an actor at, at aging himself, um, even in Citizen Kane, when he's a much, he's in his 20s and he plays himself when he's older, and you just buy it. He just do, had that ability. Do you think he like, went on like, like real benders and it's like smoked tons of cigarettes? Oh, so, I do. he was an alcoholic that smoked, sure. Yeah, I was just trying to make a joke that he like really went in, like, that's how he aged himself, was this... <sighs> Yeah, honestly, maybe. I mean, like if it was method, yeah. like a, like a whole pack of cigarettes in one. Yeah. Mouth, yeah. Like... <laughs> uh, but in here, I mean, you know, we know his age. He looked like he was probably in his sixties, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. I mean, he's supposed to have been a cop since he was like twelve. <laughs> he's the math in the movie. So yeah, you know. Um, but that's what I knew him from, and and, and I, I just always remember really, really liking this movie. And over the years, you know, it's one of those movies you show people, like, oh, have you ever? Oh, I can't figure out what to watch. Have you ever seen this movie? It's like this Sunset Boulevard. There's like a couple of kind of classic movies that I always try to get people to watch. It's definitely like, man, that's like probably one of the best noir flicks I've ever seen. Um, I, I was pretty, blo- I was blown away, and I'm I'm glad you guys picked it because i was like damn this i was like pumped today watching it. i was like clapping i was like Fucking oh awesome. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take credit for that even though it was scott's choice sure <laughs> <laughs> even with though with the performance that i really don't like at all which is charlton heston's performance in this movie i think in a weaker movie would have destroyed it and yeah. uh and instead it was just like yeah like it's all right like <laughs> so much yeah. else is so good I mean, down to the setting, man. Just the way, like the the set looks. Like it's like a small town. It's kind of like a strip, and there's yep. just so much, you know, vibrancy and like like you don't really get to know any of the characters past what's going on currently. You know what I mean? You have little hints, right. subtle hints of who they yeah. are, and it's mostly with Quinlan because he is he's the bad guy. This movie, and as the movie progresses, you see he is the main antagonist, and you really don't know that at the beginning. You know, right. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Which is, uh, it's interesting because they did cast Orson Welles before Charlton Heston. Uh, but I'm like, how much did this change once Orson Welles became the director? 
Right. Like I, I don't know if he made the role bigger, smaller, or left it. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't um, think it would have worked if if it was done any other way. And even just like the cinematography, like the use of the Dutch angles, all those weird angles, and the the pacing, and just the cutscenes. Like we we were talking about how it just cuts when after the hoodlums come into the the hotel room, you know, mm-hmm. with Susie in there. Like it just cuts. You don't know what's happening. Then. You know, yeah, it's, it's it just pays your imagination. Well. Yeah. If you go to the Wikipedia page for this movie and look at the external links, mm-hmm. there's uh, a link to an interview with Charlton Heston specifically about this movie. Really? Um, as Again, I, I can't stress enough how much I really don't like Charlton Heston, but this interview is really interesting because he talks about some of the filming um, and how how Orson Welles directed things. And he says, he, you know, in the interview, he he's not the best director in the world. He's not the best actor in the world, but he had something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when he was kind of allowed to do things with his own vision, very interesting things would happen. Uh, and he talks about impressing the studio, I guess, was really reluctant to give Orson Welles money. Um, Studios fucking hated Orson Welles. I mean, I, I don't know much you know about the Citizen Kane story, but Jesus Christ, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's documentaries just on the fight over Citizen Kane that are fascinating. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Go look into the history of how Citizen Kane got made. You realize now it's like the number one movie of all time on most lists. But at the time, it was like, fuck you. And, and the Hearst Company didn't want it to get made. The studios did not have Orson Welles' back. He was essentially blacklisted for a while um, because of it. But um, but Charlton Heston just talks about making this movie. <clears throat> he talks about they went in, they filmed for the very first time some scenes. And Welles did like a cut and said, like, we just filmed enough for three days to show the studio like, don't worry about it. Like, I got this. I did three days worth of work in, like, two hours. And it's the way that he filmed things. The way that he filmed a bunch of scenes in the same room. And he had a room that would kind of, like, open up and expand yeah. to change the set. Okay, just, it, it, just a very clever director. An interesting mm-hmm. interesting director. Very innovative. Um, but I'm going to gush because I love this movie. So. <laughs> um, so so we can go into ratings? Oh, yeah. One to, one to ten scale yeah um i'll go first if you don't mind and i'm gonna take a drink of water but um again i love this movie can't recommend it highly enough um once you get past charlton heston you're 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 golden um get past the little mustache you realize you know within a minute you're kind of like oh god he's gonna have the fucking accent and he doesn't so you're our save the accent um he's fine in it he's okay everyone else in the movie is perfect casting um, the dialogue is just sharp. Uh, the cinematography is, is, is so good. Um, the use of sets, just really everything. I mean, it, it's an amazing movie. Um, one of my all-time favorites, I, I give this movie a, a 10. This is a 10 for me. Ooh, a 10? It is. It, it, it is a rarity. I mean, you'll know I've never given a 10. Well, what 10 uh, what, though? What, what is it a 10 of, Scott? Oh! Come on. <laughs> we, we don't just do 10. We get a... I forgot. I forgot our own rating system. Come on. Um, this would be. <laughs> this would be ten. ten what would we say? Um, 
<sighs> ten small mustaches out of ten. All right. <laughs> yeah. You want to go next, Edwin? Uh, dude. Ten small mustaches all the way, dude. Whoa. I mean, damn, I was very impressed. I uh, went into it. I didn't even read the full tagline at all, like not the full logline or anything. I didn't really know much about it. I saw that it had Orson Welles as a detective and Charlton Heston had to do with Mexican-American border. Went in, I was like blown away, sucked into it. Uh, I mean, for a movie that's shot in 1958, late 50s, it kind of separates itself from a lot of, uh, you know, noir was really more like, you know, they were just pumping out movies, you know, anything they could at this time. And this is kind of coming towards the end of the, of an era. And, um, it really just shines, man. It's a great movie, great acting. I probably haven't seen much better acting in a lot of movies that I've ever seen. So I give it 100% 10 bad mustaches out of 10 bad mustaches, dude. <laughs> right. and this was what this is at this is the very end of the classic noir period, right? 58? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they people from what I've read online this this the movie itself is the the yeah. last one. Yeah, stand of the line. What an end though. Yes. Uh, I also very much enjoyed this, and I'm, thank you, Scott, for getting me to watch it. Uh, oh, I, uh, yes, uh, I loved everything about it too. Uh, I give it um, nine um, alcoholic detectives <laughs> back in the wagon again. Yeah, uh, but uh, this is like the atmosphere. Like I even like the shots where they're just walking around at night. Um, there's nothing happening, but. There's like you know newspapers are blowing by and it just it it just it just makes everything feel more more seedy and like filthy and dirty. It's it oh, adds yeah. everything about it and yeah, it, oh, everyone yeah. was everyone it's was grimy. Doing, it's a it grimy is, movie. It is very grimy, like especially like, Orson Welles is like the personification of the atmosphere of the movie and the scenes. Right, just the, his look and like his he's got almost like that Popeye eye going on sometimes. <laughs> he does, yeah. So yeah. Yes, yes. I think he's so, he's so overweight and bloated in this movie, it actually affects his eyes. Like and his, and his speech, that, that kind of bulging eye thing going on because of the fat. <laughs> because of the fat. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So I um. He did Shakespeare, by the way, like five years later. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. He was as, an interesting man. As as Quinlan though. That's right. <laughs> he couldn't understand a word he was saying. They're fucking brilliant. Someone gets framed for murder. <laughs> I don't know. Did he direct again? Other than he made a documentary or like a fake documentary uh, called F is for Fake uh, later. But I'm trying to remember if he actually. Have um, you seen it? was like an IFC TV show, like a limited series called The Spoils of Babylon. Yes. Yes. It's, but it's have you not seen that, Edwin? No, 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 I haven't seen it, that. It was this comedy. It was it was um like a, like an ensemble comedy of it's like, it's like a lost film by an Orson Welles type guy. It's Will Ferrell. It introduces each episode, but he's like this yeah. again like very like very overweight man just in a restaurant by himself, just like drinking like huge glasses of wine the whole time and <laughs> making no sense. But it, it's it's like that kind of like sprawling epic type of thing that Orson Welles like maybe would have done if, 
I think it's worth worth a check. It's like like a six episode little thing. It was fun. I'll definitely check it out. I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan too. So. Uh. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is now. Um, I was I. Yes. No, you you oh, speak. Well, I at the, I forgot to choose the movie for the next episode. So I'm oh, kind of I, I was gonna say the trial was after this. It was a few years after this, um, and then he did Chimes at Midnight, which is based on Falstaff, um, Shakespeare. But if you're not familiar with Orson Welles, I mean, he did quite a few movies, probably not as many as you'd think. Um, he acted in way more than he directed, for sure. Um, but Citizen Kane is well worth seeking out. I, I never feel it's overhyped. It, it really is a great movie. Uh, he did a great movie called The Lady from Shanghai. Uh, that's really good, which was um, William Castle <laughs> co-wrote it, which is bizarre. That's weird. Yeah, weird <laughs> tear up. What was, um, uh, what, what was the uh, the trick in the theaters that he did for it then? <laughs> yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit, a little bit before the trick. Oh. Um, and he did F is for fake um, in the seventies. Uh, it's about like an art forger. Hmm. It's very, it's very strange. There's also a series on. Um, if you go on YouTube, you can find them. Uh, Orson Welles did a, a series of little short films of him just discussing topics um, back in maybe late 50s um, for like the BBC. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you search for like BBC Orson Welles, you'll find them. And it's just they give him a topic or he has a topic and it's just him with like a cigarette. Like, oh, hi, I didn't see you come in kind of a thing. Um, and he goes off on it. But he's a really, he was an interesting man. He had a, an amazing voice. Um, the fact that he talks like this in this movie is just like, that is the act. And it's, That's what um, surprised me, because, you know, yeah. his voice is so iconic. Yeah. Um, I'm right. He's, he's, it's the brain, right, for picking yeah, in the yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the little series on YouTube is well worth seeking out. To hear, he's very soothing. Uh, but he has he had really interesting opinions on things. I never found anything that I was like, oh god, like he's fucking canceled. You know, Orson Welles is a <laughs> terrible human being. You never get that sense. He seemed pretty pretty sharp. All right. So what do you got, Bill, for our oh, next viewing? Pressure. I'm still. Uh, let's go with. Um... All right. Let me see. I've got a uh, big combo. The big combo. What's which, which one's who's in that? Uh, the synopsis I have just from Plex, uh, Police Lieutenant Leonard Diamond advised to bring a clever, well-connected, and sadistic gangster to justice, all the while obsessing over the gangster's girlfriend. Well, that's just uh, it's at all. It's just rude, right? It is rude. I mean, quite frankly, I didn't want to go there, but you're correct. It's rude. Yeah. So that's it. I'll be next time. Hmm. Now, um, you only kind of touched on what you did at the start of the show, Edwin. Do you want to give more details on your uh, your publication before yeah, we yeah, sign yeah. off? Uh, I know this is a you know a noir um, podcast, but it doesn't um, it doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> it, yeah. it all it all crosses over, you know. Um, I talked uh, about a guy tasting another man's sweat. That's unusual. Hey, I mean, there's some very like terror horror elements in this movie as well, oh, and yeah. a lot of noir sure. kind of crosses over with that. Um, but yeah, so gravely unusual horror comics. Um, you know, uh, we have movie reviews. Uh. And I, I, you know, anything you can think of, uh, movie reviews, uh, short fiction, there's 
film reviews, comics, all that. Um, we also got a bunch of merch that we just dropped. Um, we have a fourth issue we're working on right now that is should be out in you know the next couple months. But our third issue is currently out, which you definitely need to check out. It's got an interview with Bruce Campbell in it, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, just we're just keep keep going and keep putting out original content. So what's the website? Yeah, uh, Gra- Gravel Unusual dot bigcartel.com and uh you can follow us on social media at graveland usual we got instagram uh twitter and facebook so yeah and just check us out all right well so, uh, thanks for coming on and talking about this movie yeah hey, thank you guys anytime is awesome and uh so yes good evening everyone thanks for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs> good evening yes there you go. <laughs> all right thanks <laughs> see ya. thanks edwin guns games Cigarettes!